This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking with Timothy Welch. He's an experienced engineer and leader with over 15 years of experience in various industries, including startups, telecommunications, and healthcare. We'll be talking about the art and science of decision-making, including how to navigate major life decisions without getting stuck, balancing logic and emotion, and avoiding decision fatigue and potential business failure, and also the crucial role that emotions play in the decision-making process. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, and this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by EMI. This is the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we go on here, I would like to give a big thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, the Society of Fire Protection Engineers. Working to engineer a fire-safe world since 1950, SFPE is the world's leading professional society for fire protection and fire safety engineering. Comprised of more than 5,100 members and growing, SFPE publishes technical resources and hosts live and on-demand education programs to provide engineers with the knowledge to protect people, structures, and communities from fire. To help engineers prepare for each year's Principles and Practice of Engineering PE Fire Protection Exam, SFPE has developed an 18-week review course that focuses on the fundamentals of fire protection engineering while preparing candidates to think critically, adapt to the exam, and be successful professional engineers. Past participants of the SFPE PE exam review course report a 90% pass rate on the exam, notably higher than the NCEES reported first-time pass rate at 74%. To learn more about SFPE or to sign up for the online review course starting this June, visit sfpe.org. That's sfpe.org. Now I'm excited to jump into the main segment of our episode. Today I have the pleasure to have with me Timothy Welch. He's an engineer and self-mastery coach. Timothy, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. It's uh, good to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me out. To start, we'd just love to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us about you and what life looks like for you these days. I basically went from engineer to life coach. I have 20 years of experience in technology, starting from knock engineer, systems engineer, ended up doing cloud engineering, and then stepped into management where I ended my career as director of cloud infrastructure. But I've been a life coach for about two years now, full-time since August. That's a little bit about me. What was it for you, Timothy, just curious, that made you want to make that switch to this life coaching pursuit? So over the years, I've just diminished my passion for programming and computers. And there's been a fire inside of me to help other people either get from where I started to where I ended up or just, you know, in life in general. As a life coach, you work with people who are moving through some pretty big decisions. And we all have big decisions in various areas of our lives, whether our careers or personal relationships or personal decisions and health and everything else. But sometimes it's hard to move through and 
make those decisions because there's a lot of options. We get confused and what's right. So what do you see are some of the challenges as people are trying to make decisions or get stuck in indecision when we're trying to move through these personal and professional situations? I think there's two different spots here where we can get stuck. I think the first place is we're stuck when there's like a single decision, you know, there's like a single option. And so we end up like putting on these blinders and we filter everything else out and it's hard for us to see. So we get stuck. And then the other set is of like issues is for engineers. I think mostly is that we have far too many options. And when we have far too many options, we end up getting stuck in analysis paralysis. I see that all the time as people are trying to kind of get what I call career clarity, at least on the career side with engineers trying to make the decisions because there are so many options in front of engineers and so many directions and types of technologies they could dive into. So this analysis paralysis can be extremely common. So how do they deal with that though? Like deal with the decision fatigue that comes from all the options, all the potential decisions and and potentially failing or at least learning from the failures, all the things that come along with that. I'd like to consider three different steps to take, especially if you're in analysis paralysis or decision fatigue. But basically, the first is to stay gentle. The second is to seek perspective. And the third is to get curious. So staying gentle with yourself is super key because a lot of times when we're stuck, when we have those blinders on and we can't really see outside of that situation, we become frustrated, we become overwhelmed and then maybe our response starts turning into reactions so we start showing up in ways that we don't really want to show up with other people with coworkers, with our boss so stay gentle with yourself the next is uh seek perspective i think seeking a outside help especially if you only see one option it's really really crucial to get that perspective and getting curious right so the more curious you are about that other person's perspective, the more that you can start to see other options as being available to you. Great. So diving into that to just focus on one of those, get some help and get some support there. I I forget exactly what you call it, get perspective maybe. Who are some types of people that we might be asking for, connecting with, getting perspective from that might be able to help us see outside of ourselves and get unstuck there? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if we're talking about an engineer land, you know, it would be your coworkers for sure. And I would even venture to say, get curious with people who you don't usually get curious with. Maybe talk to people who are a little bit outside of your little bubble, right? If you're working in a silo, because people still do that, get outside, especially if you're an engineer. I love talking with UX UI people because they're using the other side of their brain, right? We're in our left side most of the time, but UX UI sees from this whole other glamorous side of the brain that often doesn't get used by us. I think it's very helpful. That's going to be the most far off perspective I think that you can get. The hard part about this is all of these conversations, getting curious, gaining perspectives from other people. This is kind of a process of collecting data and information about more opportunities and ideas and perspectives and ways that we could go forward. And one of the things that engineers are always trying to do in their work is be data-driven, right? And so we try and take that into our personal decisions too, is make data-driven decisions. But sometimes it's just realistically completely impossible to gain all of the information that we need before making a decision. So how can we balance that when it's just not possible for us to gain all the information about what's possible 
with also the need to make a decision and move forward and take some action here. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the whole point of being stuck is you're like, you have all of this information and sometimes it's just information overload. I don't even think that you can get to a point, like the more projects I work on, the more people I help, I don't think you can get to a point where you have 100% of the information. I don't think that'll ever come. It's actually more of a diminishing return. And uh, I worked with a guy, Heath Hensley. He was a CTO at a company that I was working for. And he mentioned Jeff Bezos to me once and how his mode of operation was. And he basically came up with this like 70% rule is what he called it. And it's basically once you hit 70% of the gathering the information mode, that's when you should start making the decision. And part of that is because once you, if you try to get to a hundred, like once you reach 70, getting to a hundred is like very time consuming, very, it's almost impossible. It, It takes so long and running in a fast paced environment like AWS, Amazon, any tech industry, really, you really need to get the core basic information and then run with it, make a decision, run with it. And then that leads to much better alignment with the company too. This makes me think of a couple of things that have helped me along the way. You're talking about like, hey, maybe getting trying attempting to get from 70 to 100% is so much harder. I've heard that called kind of this law of decreasing returns. So the closer and closer, the more information that we gather, that incremental shift takes more and more effort and, and really makes less and less impact, whereas moving on can change things a little bit. And so we don't want to get stuck in that law of decreasing returns. We want to look for, okay, what's the next thing I can do that I, that can actually deliver a, a larger return? Another thing I always think about here is the realities is that a lot of the information that we're trying to gain about decisions can't actually be acquired unless a decision is made because we're talking about different parallel branching realities, right? If I go this way, I won't really know what's going to happen unless I take that path. Same with the alternate path. So what we're dealing with and need to manage is uncertainty, but sometimes dealing with that uncertainty can be a struggle. I love a quote by a, she was a psychologist by the name of Virginia Satir said, many people prefer the certainty of misery to the misery of uncertainty. What are your thoughts there on how do we deal with that uncertainty there and kind of lean into maybe having to accept our intuition about those decisions instead of having all that information in front of us? I love how you talk about uncertainty because that's one of my courses. I have a course called Unshakable Self and one of the modules is called Embracing Uncertainty. And it's really all about getting out of your comfort zone the way that we live and operate, we're in a comfort zone almost our entire life. And so, you know, when you're thinking about taking risk or making risky decisions or or just decisions that are uncertain, like having the ability to sit in uncertainty by pulling yourself out of your comfort zone more often. And, and that can start like what that could look like as a person is like going an extra five minutes on your workout routine or taking a cold path or a cold shower and just jumping in there and staying and holding for like 30 seconds. The more that you do those types of of risky things like that are outside of your comfort zone, the more resilient you're going to be and the more confident you're going to be and you're going to be able to trust your decision making even more. So you're telling me I need to get uncomfortable in order to get better at this stuff? Is that what you're telling me, Timothy? Yes, I'm telling you that you have to get uncomfortable. It's an unfortunate life effect. (laughs) Yeah, so let's apply this to careers and business and things here, which 
we're often focused on here in the podcast. So when we're moving through this life of making decisions in our careers and making business decisions and other things, we need to kind of be able to move through things, changes, maybe be fluid as we're making decisions and to be successful in business. So what are some tips or strategies that we can do to develop the skill of being able to make those decisions as things continue to change? So really the first is consistency. Like if you're talking about business, you want to first set up some consistency. So writing up a process and sticking with it, even if it's as simple as like gathering information, evaluating and deciding that's your process. That's what you do. You do it every time because consistency brings confidence and confidence in any area is going to help you make better decisions and trust yourself to make better decisions. Embracing uncertainty, like you already said, that's a really good one, right? So practicing the 70% rule where we don't know if we're going to fail or we're going to succeed, but we're able and capable to pivot if we do have to along the way, that's going to build the resiliency that we need. And then find uncomfortable places, like find people in places that that put you in an uncomfort, that take you out of that comfort zone, just like we mentioned earlier. You're talking about that ability to pivot or shift there. If, if things don't go well, which sometimes we will make decisions given the best of intentions and for whatever reason, it's not going to work out. And whether we decide that we need to make a move or whether the, the business that we're in decides that a shift needs to be made. But that's hard to let go of something we've invested a lot. Maybe there's some we can get into the sunk cost idea. Like we've invested so much, it's hard to let go of that. Maybe there's some emotions as well, like sadness and grief. We almost feel like we're losing a part of who we are, or our identity or what we've been working on so much. So how can we move through these when we have to let go of some things to really make the shift and now make a more positive, impactful decision? Two things that come to mind. The first is perspective, gaining perspective. And the second is reframing negative thoughts. So I have a little story, short story, a good friend of mine, Justin, he works at a company, PowerDMS that I worked at. He was the database administrator there. So a bunch of customers came to the company. It's a SaaS product. And they were like, hey, we need reporting. We would love reporting. So Justin was put on a team for two years. They built this reporting module for the application. The customers were impressed. They loved it. It was awesome. He worked out all the bugs and did all the feature requests and all of that. And Honestly, some new customers or potential customers, they said, hey, we're not going to buy this software until we have a reporting. So they ended up getting a lot of new customers because of the reporting. Well, two years goes by. He's working on it. It's his baby. It's his dream. That's what he's working on. The company got acquired by another company. And this this other larger company had their own reporting software. And they're like, we're going to use the reporting software. So we're going to rip out what you put in for two years and put it in there. And what he told me was he had a lot of grief and a lot of loss from that. He felt like, well, what was my job even worth for the last two years? Was it even like, did I even do anything that was worthy? And, and I had to remind him, give him that perspective. Hey, all of those customers that requested the feature for the past two years, you made that feature, you made it work for them. All of the new customers that were acquired because that feature existed, that's what you did. So he was able to, to shift that perspective, reframe those negative thoughts a little bit and get back into a good state of like, okay, now I can move on and go to the next thing. That's great as we're trying to, to balance and move on and, and reframe some of our previous experiences because we get to decide the meaning that we attach to what we've done and the experience that we've had, good, bad, or ugly, right? We get to decide that. So great story there. Timothy, what about you? Can you provide a personal example where you've had to 
balance, you know, some of the the logical thinking and and the emotions when you're moving through a tough decision and some of the things that you've had to work through that? And, And what did you learn through that? Can you share a personal example? I actually have two quick examples. The first is um, right before I quit my previous job as director, we had this decision. We had six or seven different app teams and none of them were on a, the same like build system or anything. They all had separate. So we came to the conclusion that we needed either Jenkins or GoCD as like our CI/CD deployment. And so we went through the whole process. We wrote down the pros and the cons and we got to that 70%. And then we had to make a decision of like, which one do we go to? Do we go with Jenkins? Do we go to GoCD? And it it really came down to like a little bit of intuition of like forward projection of like, what do I think is going to be better for the whole teams holistically? But at the end of the day, they both met all of the requirements, like spot on. They were all, either of them could have done exactly what we needed to do. So I went with GoCD and that's where we were. So sat in in that decision for a few minutes, but there was a deadline and and we had to do it. So that was the first one. The other one was one of the toughest decisions of my life, which was quitting my job to be a life coach. And I'll tell you, I didn't do that decision as well as I could have. I used the methodology here. I used the 70%, but I sat on it due to fear. So there was a fear of this risk of not having enough money. And I sat and I budgeted and I rebudgeted and I rebudgeted and probably wasted maybe four months of time. I could have quit four months earlier and went on with this, but I was stuck in that spot and it took a while to get through that. Now, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter, but hindsight is is one thing. Seeing that and reflecting on it, say, oh yeah, yeah, I could have done a little better there. I like what you talked about with the technology decision that one of the things that helped you just get over the hump and say, hey, we could go either way because there was a deadline there. And sometimes perhaps we need to give ourselves deadlines and personal decisions. And certainly business decisions are usually deadlines. It's easier to, sometimes they're set for us, but in our personal lives, we might need to give ourselves deadlines so that we can make those decisions instead of just continuing on in that indecisive stuck mode. Absolutely. Yeah. That would have been wildly helpful with that like tight deadline there. Because, you know, as an engineer, I'm sure you know too, like tight deadlines are something that we thrive on. Any other thoughts here before we move on to the final segment of the show that you'd like to share for people who are trying to move through tough decisions and trying to balance this, the logic side and the emotions and everything that's wrapped up in it? Go back to the original, say, stay gentle, seek perspective and get curious, you know, let those feelings come up because a lot of times we push those down, but they're actually there to help guide us. Well, thanks so much for our conversation so far. At this point, we're going to transition into the Take Action Today segment of the show. When we come back, we'll get one final piece of actionable advice from Timothy. We'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Timothy, we've been talking a lot about moving through difficult decisions and some of the logic and emotion and some of the things that are hard to move forward and because we feel stuck. If there's someone who is listening right now who has a big decision that they're trying to make about their career or relationship or personal situation that they're in, what would you tell them to do to try and get outside of their head and move forward and take some action towards making a decision here instead of just staying stuck in that indecision? So I think two things come to mind real quick. One is journal. Start writing down and getting all of those ideas and thoughts out of your head. 
Because when you do that, it's going to start to bring those feelings up that you may have not been able to hear before. So write everything down. What I like to do personally, it's called stream of consciousness writing. So you basically just free flow and you just write and write and write, fill up two whole pages and then read over it once you're done. And and you're going to notice a lot of things that come up for you which is very helpful. And then second, as soon as you're done with that, set a deadline, like we talked about, set a deadline for making that decision and stick to it. Such a fun conversation. I think this is going to be helpful for a lot of our listeners. If people are interested in connecting with you, or do you have other resources that you might point them to? I have a workbook that would be really helpful for the stuckness, for the indecision. It takes you through some gratitude, some meditation, and some journaling exercises. If you go to my website at IamUnshakable.com forward slash unstuck, you can get that for free. Timothy, again, thanks for our conversation. Wish nothing but the best for you and your work as you continue forward. Thanks so much for having the conversation today. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources or websites that we mentioned in the episode. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars for this month at the website as well. Additionally, for any engineers who feel like they need extra help taking the next career step or finding clarity in their careers, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com or you can go grab my career clarity checklist found at www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash career clarity. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.